Welcome to the fifth episode of Snapshot, and today we're talking to Ben, who is a sports photographer. So Ben, give us an introduction of who you are and what your profession as a photographer is, please. Okay, hi, I'm Ben Phillips, and I'm a sports photographer locally. I'm also one of the club photographers at Cambridge United Football Club. Alrighty, how long have you been the photographer of the Cambridge United? Uh, I've been at Cambridge United now as part of their media team for six seasons. Um, previously to that, I used to get learn and kind of got into photography, kind of going out, taking photos of mates' football teams and just like local grassroots football, mates calling me up going, hey, can you come and have a go at taking shots of our team or whatever? Used to play a lot of football locally, so used to have lots of friends play football that used to hassle me and going, oh, here you have a camera with you all the time, here you take a lot of photos, could you come and have a go of our team? So when it was nice weather, I often used to pop out and help mates out. Um, got into Cambridge United by coincidence, really. I uh, was a volunteer at the football club helping out in other areas. Was there one summer. The media guy at the time, Tom, came up to me and said, hey, I hear you do photography and you like photography. Um, would you like to come and have a go as our photographer? Simon, our current photographer, is having a year out. Needs a rest. He's a little bit burnt out. He wants a bit of a sabbatical. Would you like to come and have a go? Um, yeah, OK, cool. I'll come have a go. Um, went to a pre-season friendly against Cambridge City. Really swatted up on YouTube, which is amazing stuff, isn't it? On how to be a football photographer, how to take things, what to look for. Um, done lots of research, spoke to other people. I mean, I spoke to Owen at Campkins, um, Kat Goran, another local sports photographer. People that I knew that photographed football already or sport in general and kind of swatted up a little bit. Went to that game, done okay. The football club were happy with the photos. Cambridge Evening News were happy with the photos. Um, it just spiralled from there, to be honest, and it's like I've been stuck there ever since, in a way, I suppose. Um, six years later, still enjoying it, despite even shooting in the crap weather occasionally. Um, yeah, good fun. Nice. I mean, six seasons, can imagine. It's not that easy to do the same thing for six seasons, because, you know, I think after a while, especially for a photographer, it does get a little bit boring, but I think you've seen great wins and bad games, so I can imagine that it's like up and down all the time. It's up and down. I always say football or sport in general is like being on an all-time roller coaster ride. Lots of ups, lots of downs, lots of twists, lots of turns. Um, in that six-year period, I think it's important that you don't become complacent. I think it's important that you try and challenge yourself to try different things. Uh, for instance, this season, we started putting cameras behind the goals. Um, trying different things like that. Previously, run around with a 35mm film in my pocket shooting the fans at away games, that sort of stuff. It's just looking for different aspects, different styles, different things to try. And don't be afraid to try it. If it doesn't work, go to the next one. And how did you just mention that a camera behind the goal, how does that work? Is it triggered by something? It's triggered by remotes, basically. And who, who, who takes care of the moment? Because I guess there has to be someone who presses that button, or is it automatic, or is it? It's like automatic um, pocket wizards. So you would put a wide angle on an old camera body behind the goal up on a gorilla pad, um, put it on a manual focus, then put your other pocket wizard on the camera you're gonna be mainly shooting on, and then it just triggers every time. As long as you sit, I think it's 10 meters away from it or something, daft, it should work. But you'll take probably a thousand shots on that one behind the goal, you might only get to use two good ones. Okay. okay. It's a bit hit and miss, it's trial and error, it's something I'm like learning myself at the moment, but it's a bit of fun. Cool. Look. I always wonder because you know when you watch like big football matches, you see like 
thousands of cameras. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, how do, how do they, I can imagine it's a trigger. It's, a tr like, it's definitely a trigger. Um, some other photographers I've seen in the past, especially during the COVID season when the stadiums were empty, um, which we'll probably touch on later, was photographers were putting them in the corner of the stands to show the stadium empty with the match been played. It was quite a cool idea as well, but with remote triggers as well. Okay, cool. Yeah, it's quite cool. Oh, there's a lot of science involved in a football <laughs> match, if you think Definitely, about it. Definitely, there's lots of things to think about. Okay, and how did you start photography? Uh, when I was at school, and I was probably year 10, 11, um, reached out to a local company called Andrew McCulloch's, and they used to be an electrical retailer in Cambridge. Uh, they used to have five or six shops in the city, selling things from TVs to washing machines, to having their own photographic centre. Uh, my mum used to work there, so I got basically a Saturday job to basically learn to basically work and obviously get my own money so I could go and buy my own camera gear, do what I wanted with stuff. Um, got in by basically going around people's houses, installing the LCD TVs when they came out. Um, I was a bit like a Saturday boy, I guess. 15 years old, left school, didn't know what I wanted to do in my life, whether I wanted to go to college or whether I wanted to carry on in full-time work. Got the opportunity to go work there. Uh, the guy at the time, Andrew, who owned the company said, you're quite a good talker. How about we train you up to be a salesman? Yeah, okay, cool. Straight into the shop, learnt to sell then the TVs and all the new kind of flat screens that were coming out at the time. Transferred over to the photographic shop when they were short-staffed. Learned how to sit there developing 35 mil film, processing everything. And then obviously digital started to come in then learn all the aspects of processing digital imagery, using all the new machines there. And it kind of spiraled from there. And I was then taking cameras out of the shop and just playing with them and just been like investigating different cameras and different techniques, taught myself some basics and then would come back and would start, we had like a big printer in the shop there where you could do like big poster prints. If we needed examples to be displayed, I was asked, can you take some of your photos to be displayed? I'd print them off, put them up on the shop. The professional photographers were then coming in, getting all the, their stuff printed, and they're going, who took that? Who took that sunset? Or who took that? Oh, that was me. Cool. Do you do photography? No. Do you want to learn? Yeah. Then got in with a couple of local guys that used to do weddings. They'd pay me a tuppence to go and shoot as a second shooter at a wedding. Basically... Yeah, basically it's a dog's body at the wedding, but it was a good learning experience to learn about what to look for in doing your portraits, how to, how to photograph a wedding, then got to learn about other equipment and different experience and knowledge from other people. Acted a bit like a sponge, I guess, and soaked up all that knowledge from others. Carried on working in the camera shop, got bored, as you do, kind of, weddings wasn't really my thing. To be honest with you, it's like, okay, I like sport. At that time, I was playing rugby, football, bit of boxing. How do I get into this? Okay, go and photograph some grassroots football. Start building a little portfolio up to show what you can do. Just done that, really, and went from there. And so how long ago did you start, if you have to, if you have to give it a date? I left school in 2005. Probably 2003, 2004. I remember getting, like, a camera... 20 years for a ago. birthday present and just like playing with it. My mum was a keen photographer. My mum's got qualifications in photography. So I think I get it from her kind of thing. I think we'll go on to about is kit important later, but I think you have to have a creative eye in photography. And I think 
seeing my mum playing with cameras and my uncle as well, also worked in the camera shop, like, and learning aspects from them. I remember going to watch, where was it? Monza Formula One um, with my uncle. And I was 17 years old and he's there and he's got a big camera and he's got a big lens and been really eager beaver. Oh, can I have a go? Can I have a go? And he's wanted to get all these pictures and he let me have a couple of goes. And I think I kind of got a bug then. I was like, this is quite cool. I'd like to combine those two loves of watching sport and photography that I'm getting a hobby of an interest in. And even now, still, people say, oh, you're a sports photographer. I still look at it as a hobby. Like, just enjoying two things I enjoy most, of watching sport, taking photos. Amazing. So it's, it's, it's not just a journey that starts randomly. You have to pick it up somewhere. I think you have to pick it up somewhere. Um, I think that's a good example of it. And then been in that, in that shop, learning the aspects of photography from processing on the big old machines, having to change the chemicals daily, getting covered in chemicals. I still smell the smells of those chemicals with developing 35 up my nose now. Um, standing there in a little white lab coat, processing people's films, that excitement of then seeing their film, their film go from the negative through the machine, through the chemicals and bounce out the other side as a kind of actual photo was pretty cool. That was quite excitement as a kid. Like, I, I never used to kind of go, I remember being like 17 to 23 probably, and always going everywhere with a digital camera in my pocket, just taking the most random photos of things. But just like, not realising at the time, but documenting things you're doing with your mates, your family, like going out to different places, going to football matches as a fan then, and just like looking at things differently, like just taking photos at the games. Like, every now and then from the stands. Even then, obviously, camera phones came out, they slowly got better. Same thing, constantly snapping away. Amazing. I, I relate to your story too, because how I started photography was the same thing. Like I got a little digital camera, and I just took snapshots. I just yeah. like, it's like, I remember, I still have albums on Facebook which are full of pictures, <laughs> Likewise, yeah, yeah. but they're like random. Like yeah, I, yeah. I didn't even do selections back then. I used to just like go and snap, 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 whatever it is. I just upload without even mm. double checking. Yeah. And I think that later transformed kind of into a passion, mm. then a hobby, and then, as a, then, then into a job because, yeah. you know, I think that's a natural process starting yeah, from a hobby to a job. So talking about sports photography and you being a photographer for six years at Cambridge United now, what is your process? So how do you starting from preparing your kit to delivering the images? Okay, that's a good question, Dom. Uh, <laughs> so I always, I'm a bit of an anorak with kit, so I always go through my kit the night before a game. So for instance, we've got a game this Saturday. Friday night, I'll be thinking about, right, is my kit ready? I'll charge all my batteries up the night before. I'll make sure all the lenses are clean make sure I've got filters on the lenses if I need them on. I'll definitely make sure I pack my waterproofs because I've been caught out a few times. Charge the laptop up and then kind of good to go from that aspect. Uh, the next morning on a match day, tend to get to the stadium for around 12 o'clock. Uh, players arrive at about half past 12. So I'll set my kit up ready to go for around half past 12. I'll stand there and snap the players coming in. Normally use something like a prime lens just to get nice and close in their face blow them up a bit big. Um, once they've, it normally takes about half an hour for them to arrive, they have to be there by a set time. Then it's straight up into the press box with my laptop, straight download onto my laptop, start the processing and editing on Lightroom, 
Then there was the cross on a Google Drive link to the media team, the rest of the media team that use like the social media, put, post stuff on the socials. By about quarter to one, there's normally pictures of the players arriving. Then once I've done that process, if there's anything else pre-match I need to do, um, I'll get a list on a Thursday or Friday of things that I might need to focus on for the match day. I'll then go off again, run off, get some different lenses, different bodies, go around the stadium, float around, capturing the fans arriving, the fan zones, the build-up to the game. As a club photographer, you need to be able to tell almost a story from the start to the finish, not just the actual action on the pitch. And I think, like, I've learned over six years the sort of stuff that the club wants to see, and it's not just about the content you create on the match day that can be used there and then on socials. It's about later date to get some imagery for campaigns that might be happening or, for instance, a new shirt every season. They can use images from kids to adults wearing the shirts to then sell the shirts later down in the season. Um, walk around normally for an hour or so, see what's going on, anything specific, shoot that, come back, download, same process on the laptop. 10 to 3, get ready for the picture in the middle of the pitch, ready for when they come out. So they'll come out, we'll take pictures of them walking out. We'll then, me and Simon will go on the pitch. We'll pose a picture of the mascots and the officials and the captains in the centre circle. We'll snap that, we'll come off. We'll then sit. Normally the way Cambridge are attacking, because predominantly they're the shots that fans and the club want to see, of the way Cambridge are attacking towards you. If there's a goal, they want to see the goal shoot with a 400 mil so you can normally get the other end and the other goal so you still get some nice shots of keepers saving and defense clearing the ball away um you'll sit there about 15 20 minutes in you've got quite a few images take one card out whack it into the laptop start processing so i'm often seen with laptops sitting on my knees camera in one hand ready to go if the action comes towards me trying to multitask wow um becomes quite a long process and quite repetitive in a sense but also like gotta be on the ball with sorry about the uh, pun there but you have to be um keep your eyes you've got to keep one eye on the pitch one eye on what you're doing on the laptop the whole time when you're editing them you're then whacking them up onto the google drive link to send off to the team in the press box and they can use whatever they need during the game so i guess being a sports photographer is some somehow related of being a journalist photographer because you have basically, to be basically really you're on the, yeah you're on the go constantly half time if you're lucky you get a break for 15 minutes unless there's anything you need to photograph at half time from the club perspective obviously you change ends go sit at the other end of the cameras you're attacking exactly the same process for the second half final whistle goes if we win we go on the pitch we photograph get up close amongst the players photographing celebrations of winning post-match we then go and photograph the man the match we then, after man the match, we'll go through the, some other images and get another probably 20, 30 images across, processed and across, that they might want to use post-match, like goal celebrations, stuff like that. Normally home again by half six, seven. And if I've got anything that I haven't processed during that day, I'll then sit there and edit and go through anything else that I need to put in the album for the football club and the papers. But normally now on a match day, average about... 80 to 100 pictures while the game's on for them to use during the game and the papers, which is pretty good going and pretty quick. And how do you make your selection? Because our audience on Snapshot, they're all photographers, so they will understand what we're talking about. So first of all, how, what is your format? So JPEG, RAW, RAW and JPEG? Because it's only going on socials, I tend to use just JPEG because it's just quicker. 
if if I want to go to depth on editing it later down the line, then I would obviously save to RAW. But from what the club needs, I've always been told just shooting JPEG. Because I think so I, I was having a conversation with someone who was interested in sports photography and they were shooting raw and they were complaining about the memory speed and the memory mm. cards burn. Yeah, it's a bit slower. So I guess if you shoot at 12 frames a second and yeah. the images are 100 megabytes each, you, re you, need, you need a good memory card. So you need I a think. good memory card. I think I'm running what? I've got 164 gig. Can't remember the other size is bigger, but I just alternate between the two. And if you shoot JPEG, I think you J get thousands. J JPEG's fine for, predominantly is for club, for club socials and for the club's website and so forth. And then people like the Cambridge Evening News, the Cambridge Independent, um, same thing. They're quite happy with it in JPEG. Okay. It just okay. speeds up the process. So okay, that answers the question of J JPEG or RAW in this yeah. case is JPEG. Yeah, yeah. JPEG wins. Okay, that's cool. One zero JPEG. <laughs> They're going to start doing this competition, yeah. JPEG or RAW? Because some people, like in this occasion, JPEGs are absolutely fine. Yeah, yeah. And in Mark's podcast, on the, on the second podcast, he said that he keeps all his RAWs. So, okay. you know, there's two yeah, like different, different yeah, yeah. worlds. So jumping on, the next question is a question from our previous guest, Tabonga. He's a, an artistic photographer. He's okay. more of a gallery enthusiast rather than being a sports photographer yeah, or nice. commercial photographer. And what he asked was, does gear matter? Oh, that's a good question. And what um, do you shoot with? I shoot, so I shoot mirrorless, uh, Canon R6, um, 100 to 400, and then a 70 to 200 2.8. Always carry another body in the bag, which is a battered old 550D, I think, Canon. And then that sticks behind the goal, or if I need to have a second body on me to shoot up close celebrations, I'd sometimes stick something on that. Last season, I got bored, as I said to you earlier, and started coming up with a new style of our videographer at the time, Taylor. He now works for West Ham. He noticed a new style that was coming around with Premier League clubs, where they were putting a prime lens on, and they were getting closer to the subject themselves instead of using a zoom. And then we're quirking it up with different angles, um, cropping in different angles, using a load of different filters and making it really funky, a bit artistic. We've done that a little bit last season. That was good fun. Uh, gear, is, is it important? Yes, I think, in sports photography. Over the six-year period, we've had college students turn up wanting to learn about photography, and we often do a little bit of work experience with people. I remember a young lady turned up a couple of seasons ago and got told, can you look after her and show her to shoot the game? Yeah, fine, okay. What kit have you got? Uh, I've got an 18 to 55 mil. Okay, well look, when it comes, you sit here on the side of the touchline, when it comes near you, you're in the game, shoot. That's all you can get. During the game, uh, why? And then it's trying to explain why. And then a year later, she contacted me again through socials, said, hey, I've got some new gear, can I come and have another go? I said, yeah, cool. She came down, she had the right gear, good work. Um, we spoke earlier about me doing a sports photography workshop, similar kind of thing. Guy there, you had a couple of guys turn up there that wanted to just come and have a go, but had completely the wrong lenses that they couldn't get anything fast moving or anything up nice and close and tight. Um, but we managed to get them something, which I think is important. I think we spoke off, cam off, off camera, off uh, air here, about having to have a creative eye. I think that can't be taught. I think as a photographer, you need to 
have a creative mindset. Whether uh, We could go into how and why, but we could be here all night debating that. But I think you have to, you build up an experience of what makes a good picture. And that comes with experience, but also it's knowing about what makes a good picture and what the next picture is. And I think from my perspective, I think anyone, I could give anyone a camera and say, go shoot. And everybody, 10 people in this room would all have something different. Because how we all look at life in general is different perspective to each other. Is how I look at it. Brilliant. Wow, that was some poetry out there. <laughs> no, love, it, love it, love it. We're talking about still Cambridge United because like this is this is your niche and this is what mm -hmm. you love doing the most, I guess. What was your favorite moment or moments? I guess like it's when a, there's like a, a football match where you're gonna win like you know the gold medals. Yeah, it's a good question. Like, as well as obviously doing Cambridge United, I've done a lot of other different sports which I'm sure we will discuss. Um, for Cambridge United in general, it's hard because I think there's times when there's things that you've captured that are sentimental. I think what people forget sometimes is that me and Simon, who's the other club photographer, who's been doing it for 10 years now, are both fans of the football club. So we almost get the best seat in the house. We're sitting pitch side, we're capturing the action, we're capturing those moments that then can be looked upon in history in year, a few years down the line, magical moments for fans to cherish later on in life. Prime example, I think, of this, one that sticks in my mind fondly, is a couple um, in the six years so far. The COVID season, so COVID hits, football gets suspended, football then resumes again, no fans are allowed into stadiums. I think we took for granted as, fan, like, as actual fans that we could still go. Um, sods law that Cambridge go and get promoted that season with no fans in the football stadium and we're going to football grounds where there's only 12, 15 people in the stadium and we're there doing the job to make sure the f it's documented for the football fans um, during that period as well like the football club done a kind of program on socials called Match Day Live where they'd have me pre-match go instead of taking the players arrival photos I'd be with a microphone going and bantering the players chatting to the players that then the fans could look back on on socials um, and feel a little bit engaged with the players. Then you'd have another guy come on and he'd present almost a match day live pre-match build-up. Um, and basically the EFL used to put the games on a thing called iFollow. So fans that couldn't go EFL-wide, so from championship down to League Two, all the games were on the iFollow thing. So you pay a £10 pass, you get to watch the game. And that used to work quite well, so that kind of match day uh, live thing was built around that so it was almost a pre-match show and a post-match show but that went out on the club's own socials and then you tuned in and got a link to the eye follow basically um, so for me the covid season purely because the club got promoted in such weird circumstances no fans in the stadium i don't think we'll ever see that again um, the game that sticks out for that season there's a few games that stick out for that season at points when i thought geez, we're going to get promoted here. Um, we're going to League One. This is cool. And I remember playing Forest Green at home and we scored late on and it didn't look like we were going to win the game. And I was like, okay, we've got a chance here. And then we're talking about this actually on Monday on the way to one of the games we were going to. This Monday just gone. And Leighton Orient away. Um, it was like the last away, one of the last away games in the league that season. And we won like 4-2, I think it was. And at the end of that night, we're like, okay, 
I think we got a good chance here. And it went down to the home game against Grimsby Town at home. A local lad um, scores the winning goal. Um, and it's just pandemonium, like post-match, players are on the pitch celebrating, we're on the pitch with the players, we're photographing everything, they're celebrating with flags, they're celebrating, dancing all over each other. Fans are locked outside the stadium because of the pandemic. We say to the players, and the players say to us, we need to celebrate with the fans, yeah. We all run out into the car park, there's fans talking to the players through the metal fencing, there's, we then start throwing players up onto the ticket office um, outside the front of the stadium, like on the turnstile roof. Players are trying to climb up there. So me and Ollie, the, you know, Ollie, the other videographer at the time, um, we're, we're helping throwing the players up on this turnstile roof. The manager, everyone's up on this little turnstile roof celebrating and the whole car park's full of fans all singing and chanting. And it's then like trying to document that and capture that because as the fans, that's their greatest memory of that season seeing their players on the roof, being able to celebrate at that distance, socially distanced with them. Um, that's a good, mem good memory in that sense, and it was a weird memory because of what happened in the pandemic and that. And that's one that stick in my memory for a long time, documenting that. And then, I'm trying to think of other ones. So Newcastle invested in billions of a takeover from Saudis. Um, little old Cambridge draw them in the FA Cup. We rock up, we go up there for the weekend, low expectations, thinking, Playing a Premier League team here, Cambridge ain't got no chance. We beat them 1-0. Um, again, absolute chaos because the goal, I remember the goal goes in, was sitting on the side of the pitch at St. James's Park and trying not to celebrate. And all I remember is me and Ollie just screaming and shouting, like celebrating as fans and Simon. Um, the game's on the BBC, so you've got to act appropriately as the club media. Um, as a fan, it's hard sometimes not to get involved and celebrate goals. And then final, final whistle goes, players are on the pitch, players are celebrating, the fans are up in the sky, the away ends up in the sky there, basically. And we literally run on the pitch, celebrating, photographing the players, celebrating with the fans. Again, capturing all those important moments um, for fans to enjoy. I think my favourite image out of the six years, one of my favourite images I've actually captured was at Newcastle. Joe Ironside, guy scores the goal um, in a tunnel at Newcastle. There's like a big sign that says, Hoey the lads, and it's got Newcastle's badge. And it was post-match. He's done all these interviews on the BBC. He's sitting in the tunnel by himself on a step, just taking a moment out, reflecting on what he's done. And just, just walked through the tunnel, just saw it, and just went, Joe. And he's looked around, like, proper in the zone. Took the photo. Really enjoyed that one, really liked that. It just... Like, it just summed it up for me. Like, the lad, the lad scored a goal, really important goal. He's just knocked Newcastle out of the FA Cup. But there he is taking time out to contemplate what he's done and kind of take it all in. And I think it's quite nice to capture that moment. There's another one circulating on the web of our goalkeeper, Dimmy, that probably played like Superman in goal that game. Um, again, sitting in the tunnel um, on his phone, like, just zoned out. Again, talking to family, contemplating what he's done. And I think that's quite nice. Uh, so Newcastle, Grimsby. There's a few others. I'd probably say the first game I ever shot in the league for Cambridge, uh, Notts County at home. Um, it's like, okay, here I am as a fan, but okay, I'm here now as the club photographer. A lot of pressure. Uh, Cambridge win. I think it was 2-1. Someone else might be able to tell me the score later. But um, same example again. Barry Core, striker, scores, celebrates right in front of me, running at me, pointing at the camera. And I'm like, yeah, this is cool. This is cool. 
And like, for me again, it wasn't a massive game or anything, but sentimental, like first goal captured for the club you love. It's up there. Um, another weird one, which is kind of strange. Every year we have a media day for the first team. So we'll go in and we'll photograph all the content needed to make graphics and a team photo, headshots and so forth, ready for the season. Um, again, during the COVID season, we have to do that differently. So we end up stationing all the players in their face masks in different areas on cones, socially distanced. I then have to stand up in the stand and take a photo looking down at them. And it was just weird because, again, you're never going to see another team photo like that. For me, that was interesting. That was up there. And that was a challenge as a photographer as well, to try and get everybody in and comply with the rules that the EFL wanted at the time. That was quite cool, uh, in a way. Uh, yeah, there's been a few. And if you had to choose another moment, but not football-related, but sports-related, <laughs> do you have any? Uh, yeah, so a couple of years ago now, about two years ago, I got involved with Cambridge Union and was going and photographing some speakers. Um, big boxing fan, uh, Chris Eubanks. And I remember not photographing him, but interviewing him, much like this, and sitting down with him and interviewing him. And as a big boxing fan, found that really enjoyable. And then wrote a piece in the Varsity on that, uh, which again, I was thinking, okay, this is cool, sports media. Um, another feather to the cap, so to speak. And I remember also probably going to watch Formula One practice at Silverstone and just taking the camera and just not having to shoot for anybody, not having to worry about uploading images straight away and just enjoying the day as, as a motorsport fan and just capturing it. And quite enjoy motorsports. Like a couple of my mates got super bikes. They go on track days at Snetterton and stuff and I'll go down there occasionally. And it's a good opportunity to watch your mates race, have a bit of a laugh, go and sit in a corner somewhere and wait for them to whiz past and just kind of keep your eye in on a different sport. I've done quite a few different sports, I think, now. Uh, one year, about three or four years ago, all the varsity matches were in Cambridge. Word got out that I was a night porter at St. John's at the time, and I was bored of my four days off. Um, hey, can you come and shoot some sport for us? Um, paired up with Cambridge University Sports Centre, shot everything one year from lacrosse to swimming. I'd never done lacrosse before, never understood the rules of the game. Just turned up thinking, ah, oh, I'll be right, I can shoot that. It's a sport. And it was probably one of the hardest sports I've shot uh, because I didn't know or didn't know how to anticipate where the ball was going to be going next. So that was the challenge, but that was good. A um, couple of times shot at Twickenham for rugby, um, again for Cambridge University. It was really good. Um, learned a lot there from other photographers. I think it's important when you go to places like that to not be afraid to speak to others because that's how you learn. Um, if you see someone doing something different pitch side to say, hey, how'd you do that? Or, hey, what are you doing there? Hey, what gear are you using? I think that's important as well. Um, horse racing, obviously Newmarket's only on the road, up the road. I live in Forbourne, it's on my doorstep. Um, I got accreditation to go on the horse training areas. Um, when I used to be able to get up early in the mornings, I'd go up there some mornings, half six, seven in the morning, ready for sunrise, capture the horses in training. That was quite nice. I found that quite relaxing because, like, you just left your own devices. Uh, through that, managed to get some work with one of the stables, going around doing some media content for them and following them around on a training day for a week or so. That was quite good. Um, yeah, just different sports. I like trying different things. 
done the Town Vic Gown Boxing for Cambridge, uh, big boxing show in Essex the other month. Like, enjoying it, but not just focusing solely on football. Football, I'd say, is the forte, because that's what I love, and I've loved football since I was six years old. Know it inside out. Used to play rugby a little bit. Know a bit of rugby. Used to play a bit of bo- do a bit of boxing occasionally for fitness. Again, know that and what, how that anticipates. And I've tried my hand now, probably, thanks to Cambridge University's diverse sports, like most sports, I think, like on available at Cambridge University. I think you can go from playing tiddlywinks to, like, say, rugby. Um, it's absolutely bonkers. But there's still things to learn. I think you learn every day. I think you learn every time you go out of a camera, to be honest. And like I said a minute ago, like, just talk to people. That's the only way to learn. As photographers, I think we have this misconception or this kind of little fear that if someone else is taking pictures at the same place officially, that's, that's like an enemy. I, I completely agree with you that, you know, if there's six photographers, official photographers, in the same place, we should all connect together, we should all speak, we should all I learn. I think I can resonate with that, Dom, in the sense of, so I shot the Women's FA Cup final last year at Wembley, Man United beat Chelsea. Um, went down there and I was thinking, why am I here? Like, why am I doing this? Like, you've got the big guns, Getty, and all the other agencies there, and you had to queue up underneath Wembley Stadium at a set time. And if I said to you there was 40 photographers, maybe 50, there'd be no exaggeration. So you're queuing up, you then go through a kind of terminal, a bit like an airport security check, and you get your bag searched, you go through a scanner, blah, 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 your bag goes through a scanner, you go in. Suddenly, when you got through the scanner, all these people start scattering and running. Okay, why are they running? That's a bit weird. And it worked out, the big boy agencies knew the prime seats and prime spots in Wembley. They knew where the cables were just to plug the laptop straight in to upload. So they clubbed together and worked together, two or three, four of them at a time. Yeah, Alan, you go to that spot, yeah? Craig, you go to that one over there. I knew another photographer there that shoots for MK Don's ladies, a friend of mine. We just casually walked in, still found a good spot, still got what we needed. But there was a kind of us and them mentality. It felt like very much there at the big game. Um, I remember post-match, we had to walk around on the side of the pitch to go ready to shoot the kind of celebration shots, Chelsea, Chelsea won. And there's a big like picture on the pitch, you know, where they lift the trophy. So they lift the trophy in a stand in the Royal Box. So you had to stand in a big huddle of photographers. So you're roped into one area, Obviously, the game's live on TV as well, so you can't get in the way of them. So we were crammed into one area, roped in. Again, there was a lot of pushing, shoving with certain people. And it was a bit like a dog-eat-dog world. And I, was, I just remember standing there, like, looking at the, up at the Royal Box as they're doing it, going, really? Like, we're all here for the same reason. We're all here to get that shot. Like, let's help each other out here. But it doesn't seem like that. So anyway, they come down from the Royal Box, they come on the pitch. Then we have an issue with there's three or four photographers that will work for the FA. So everyone's in the huddle in the block that is roped off, but the four photographers are on the pitch, the official, official photographers. But they wouldn't get out of the way of the shots of what's going on. So the players are celebrating, so they're in the middle of your shot, they're in the way. So we had to, we're shouting at them then to get out of the way, and then they finally get out of the way, but most of the decent shots of the celebrations are finished because the players are only going to celebrate for so long. So I can resonate with that a little bit. Um, and I remember sitting in the press room after editing with Chris, um, guy from MK Dons, and we both sat there and went, God, like, a bit of hard work today. 
And it's the only time I've thought like, not uncomfortable, but a little bit awkward, like as if you question yourself why you're here. But I was working for an agency that focuses on supporting and promoting women's football, as was Chris. We still had a job to do, but you didn't hear us act in that manner or moan like that. But that was an eye. That was an eye opener. That was a. That was made me think like, okay, I don't know if I want to shoot these massive big games like that if it's going to be a mad scramble every time and not a welcoming atmosphere. I remember, I can I can visualize it because I was in a. It was a Bembley last year when Italy played Argentina for the finalissima. And Argentina won. And I remember I was sitting there, I was quite close, and there was like this massive, massive, massive team of photographers just running for their lives yeah, yeah. to get that picture. And I'm like, oh my God, there's like, it's a war. Like, you know, like it was, it was, it felt like a war. And like, as a football fan, like, obviously, Wembley is everything, especially like being English. And like as a kid, I remember going to Wembley at eight years old, and wow, this is magical. To be standing on the side of the pitch at Wembley, photographing, that was, that was the moment when I thought, okay, this is cool. Big Wembley. Like, a lot, a lot of things, I think, we take for granted in life. And six years doing it for Cambridge United, there are times when you think, oh, okay, yeah, it's fine. And you don't get phased by it. You, do, you tend to not get phased by it because it's just, it's just second nature once you've got that little bit of experience and a little bit of confidence behind you. But being at Wembley, playing in the big pond, we'll say, with the big fish, I was like, okay, this is, this is cool, but also it's different. And like you say, dog-eat-dog dog photographers running for their life was just a bit ridiculous. Do you know what I mean? Because I guess they're hungry for that shot and you were yeah, there, yeah. like, you, you knew what yeah, to do yeah. because you know yeah, what yeah. to do, but at the same time, you didn't have that much pressure. Yeah, I no. think... Well, I think they're, sell, they're selling to the Nationals, so they've got to get the shot, which I can understand. Like, they've got a job to do at the end of the day. And I'm sure that once they capture it, the next thing they do is just swipe on, like, lap on a computer and like, yeah. they have to yeah, send yeah, it immediately. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I think, oh, I mean, you're right that maybe it's not the most enjoyable place because you don't, there's no peace. It's just like, yeah. you know, you're always buzzing. Like, yeah, you're constantly on the, the go. Um, obviously, the build-up at the finals are a lot different. There's lots more going on, so you're constantly looking for the next angle. You're constantly looking for the next shot. So yeah, it's a lot more busy. Uh, but it was a good experience. Like I'd, I'd like to go again. Um, I recently have been to shoot the England ladies football team twice now at their complex at St George's Park and cover their training and session, and then do a media evening with, with them, where sat down with them, asked them a list of questions to be then filmed. Um, that was quite cool. That was different. That was something else that was, okay, that's cool. It's like an evolution of being yeah, a yeah, photographer. Yeah, 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 that was quite cool. And trying something different as well. Like, I think it's good to try different things. Um, there's a, I think as a football fan and a photographer, you kind of create your own bucket list in your head of places you'd like to shoot, play, things you'd like to shoot. Um, that bucket list is forever growing. Um, there are some grounds I'd like to tick off. But yeah, there's other grounds that I think, God, this is the sixth time I've been here now. Why? Do you know what I mean? Like, it's an interesting thought process. Maybe one day you'll go international and you never know where this, this Cambridge United thing might take yeah. you. It might take you to take pictures of the Champions League final. Yeah, you yeah, never yeah. know. Yeah, yeah, no, you never know. And I think people often say to me, why don't I do it full-time as a full-time job? 
but there's so many people doing it. And again, it's that dog-eat-dog world with photography. I don't massively enjoy taking portraits or weddings and that sort of stuff where the money is. Just like watching sport, like taking photographs of sport. It's hard to get into those bigger agencies. I find, from what I'm hearing so far, of trying to get into the open doors to get into those agencies, because everyone wants to get to that stage where they're traveling around the world taking sports photography. What an amazing thing that'd be. But you have to go and actually show that you can do things as well. But there's so many people trying to get to that stage and there's a lot more people better than me out there. But I'm quite happy just plodding along, photographing the football team I support, trying different opportunities when they arise. And like you say, you never know what's gonna happen down the long run. And Connecting to this, how do you get accreditation? Now imagine there's someone who would love to start them, would love to join a club or take pictures of a match. How, what is the process of an accreditation? That's a good question. Um, so as a club photographer, they have to apply for us to go um, on their behalf to every game, so every away game and shoot. Every season we are put on a thing called Dataco, where we are credited through the Dataco as the club photographer. So. I could sit here tonight and go and photograph Cambridge United with wherever they play. But if Peterborough United were to play, I wouldn't be able to necessarily go and get accreditation to go photograph that one because I'm affiliated with Cambridge United. So, okay, you get to know other media teams, you get to know other football clubs, blah, blah, blah. You could ring them up. I've done it before. MK Dons, there was a Tottenham game they wanted to shoot. And I was like, hey, guys, remember me? Do you any chance of getting some accreditation? Oh yeah, because we know you, yeah, and we can vouch for you, and you, we know what you do, we will, we will get you in. Um, fine, cool, go shoot. But it is hard, and I think the higher the leagues you go, the more rules there are. Like we were discussing earlier um, off air about you can't just rock up with, say, your pal and shoot with your mate. Um, but saying that, I've had people come along with me before to games, but not necessarily the league games where there's more rules. Little Cup games, EFL Cup, uh, other games, women's games, like Jordan that works for Campkins. I just he came with me the other week to shoot a women's game. He, we're looking for a women's photographer. He's now getting more involved, shooting the women's games. Like wants to learn, is keen. Hader from Campkins as well has come along before with me just for the crack, to play with cameras and have a shoot of a cup game. Everyone, like, there's opportunities there, and I think for anybody listening that wants to have a go or wants to come and have a play at shooting sports, get in touch. Keen to, I'm keen to see more young people involved in sports photography, especially locally, and there's always opportunities out there. Um, it's about networking, it's about speaking to the right people and making, making opportunities happen. And where can people find you in case they will ask you a question? Capture Cambridge underscore sport is where I post all my sport photography and Capture Cambridge in general is just generic kind of Cambridge shots that I used to go and photograph and occasionally do still now of just Cambridge scenes. So probably either of those you can reach out to me. LinkedIn as well, I guess. Like, yeah, easy, easy to find. So if anyone wants to ask a question or do a workshop yep. or learn from Ben, just go and follow him and give him a message. Yeah, cool. Uh, we, have, we have a tradition on this podcast, which is leave a question to the next speaker. So we don't know who's going to be. I mean, although I know who it's going to be. <laughs> okay. And ask them a question on your behalf. So the previous question was, does gear matter? You said yes. And what is the question you would ask to the next speaker? 
Does gear matter? That's a good one. Um, so that's the one you answered from yeah, the previous yeah, question. What would you ask someone else? And you can go really deep into the photography because the next speakers that we're gonna have, they are they are they are doctors in photography. Okay. They are people who have spent their lives con constantly searching for what photography is. Putting pressure on me now. Uh, if you could change one thing in how you take a photo, in general, how, what would it be? Would be my first question. And what is the favorite image you've ever captured and why? Wow, that's a, I like that, I like that, I like that. Because we take, as photographers, we take thousands. Thousands, don't you, like? Thousands. As we said earlier, I think, like even now, like having a little girl, like constantly taking photos, certain photos become sentimental. Um, going back to the sport, like, it's funny because I have an archive of the six years and it's all on an external hard drive. And I was asked to go and look for some images the other day about for something. And I looked back and I was like, geez, was that me? Did I take that? Like in the sense of, he looked a bag of, bag of rubbish. Um, and I can see a massive difference from when I first started photographing sports to where I'm at now. But as I said earlier, there's always chance to improve and room to improve. Um, and then there's other times you look back and like, you look back at that picture and like, yeah, that's pretty cool, I took that. Like someone asked me the other day, do you have any photos displayed that you've taken in sport up in your house? <laughs> now, my wife hates, I would say she hates, but she doesn't like football that much. And I'm allowed one area in the house. And yeah, I've got some pictures from the Newcastle game in particular that I got printed, I got framed, got a squad to sign which I thought would be quite a nice memory. Um, I have a few other images that I captured, like the first goal of Barry Corr, that it's just printed and it's stuck in a drawer somewhere and it's signed by him. Um, the COVID season, uh, my shirt that I bought at the club shop that season, as I do every season, I went and got signed by all the players. I put it in a frame with a load of pictures that I captured um, that season, including the trophy celebration, kind of official trophy photo we took with the players at a hotel a couple of weeks later and just kept it as memories. It's not even up on the wall. It sits in my downstairs toilet, weirdly. Um, just up against the wall. Like it's, not fr it's framed, but it's not up on the wall. I think it's important to have memories to look back on. One of the things I've been looking to do recently when I find more time is to start creating kind of photo books of like previous images across the board in my kind of sports photography, kind of what I've been doing. So I can then look back on those, like down the line, instead of having to keep going on a hard drive, I think it's nice to do that. Or even a photo book for every season I captured. Not even necessarily words, just literally images. So you can just keep flicking through every now and then. Um, during the COVID season at the end, I did create a photo book for fans that I sold with um, percentage of the profit going to a local charity quite popular and I kind of documented like the games that I captured, a bit of writing in it and that was quite cool. Um, that was quite nice to do, limited edition type thing like that was quite popular. Uh, I've had people contact me about having images on cups, t-shirts, people wanting images like printed up um, massively. Like I said to you earlier, I've started shooting 35 mil again, I think it's quite trendy at the moment. Kick myself now and think, God, 
it's three ninety nine a film when I used to process it. To just three ninety nine to like process at the time, and probably a fiver to buy a film. Now we're talking what twenty one quid uh, a film roughly, and then like what a tenner to process it, if not more. Um, it's a shame you like didn't keep all those films. All right, they'd be expired now, but it'd be funky colours. Um, yeah, so I enjoy doing that. I, I'm starting to experiment a bit more with 35 mil, just just for fun more than anything. Like not wanting to achieve anything out of it. Like when I went to the Lionesses camp the other month, took a 35 mil in my pocket, shot that, shot my normal stuff, went in the media in the afternoon evening, shot when I was talking to the girls, we kept pulling out a 35 mil out the pocket, shooting the girls. Looked at the images after, grainy, cool, funky, um, quite a cool style. Was thinking now about maybe playing with actual videography, but going down that route of playing with old video cameras. Yeah, I think that's, that's, I mean, it's cool as a concept, yeah. but you have to do like a little campaign for it instead of yeah, focusing yeah. on maybe something bigger. I think it would be cool as a reel or two or three yeah, yeah. or five. Two, two, two or three, maybe five reels just to mess around with. Um, you know, like shoot some football training or something in a funky old video camera. Just something different again, just to mess around with. Used to sell video cameras. Again, keep thinking about it. But again, you know, it's like life. Time is always of the essence. Would like to try different aspects of different photography again. Always like to try photographing different things. I think you're you're in a very good position where you can when you know your your expertise in being a sports photographer, but you could manage both. You can not only rock up with your you know one hundred to four hundred R six, but you can rock up with a sixty mil just like yeah, just yeah, yeah. just to have a little bit. Just to have a little bit of play. I think it's good to do that, and I think it's good to challenge yourself and push yourself. Um, the same with the thirty five mil. Like it's it's always in my camera bag more so away games, and I'll just pull it out, or I might say to a mate, hey, take this, take it in the stand, shoot some snaps from in the stand for me, see what you get, different aspect from a fan's viewpoint to say me as the photographer. A fan capturing the fans, that's brilliant. Yeah, yeah. I think that's brilliant. And I've, I've learned this concept through wedding, actually, that wasn't wedding photography, it was, it was a TV series, and I saw that they were getting married, and there was a photographer, and then the photographer didn't show up, but they had the plan B, which was disposable cameras. So every guest capture moments and guests. So yeah, I think that's, that's a cool concept. I think that's quite nice. I think that's a cool concept. Like that and it's quite nice. Because by the end of it, we as photographers, we know what we capture. We, we have this consistency and style. Mm -hmm. But someone who doesn't manage a camera that much gives you a whole different yeah, yeah, perspective. Hundred percent. It's nice. It's a different angle altogether. Love it. Love it. And before you conclude, I think we answered all the questions, and they were really really good like okay. i learned a lot that from the process to like you know doing a book like i love the fact that you have a backlog of images and you recycle them mm. because in my belief a true photograph is tangible something whether it's printed framed or in a book like yeah. a, that's a photograph because you can give it to your grandson yeah i think it's nice to have those memories to look back on i mean sentimental one for me would be so that season during covid was when my daughter was born um, at the end of that season. So it's quite a good year for her to be born. Cambridge got promoted. England got to the Euro final. I think it was then, yeah. Yeah, England got to the Euros final anyway. And uh, we obviously had a trophy from getting promoted to the football club. And we started a campaign where we went out in the community 
to photograph different people in the community with the trophy. So during the pandemic, the football club done a lot of work in the local community with reaching out to people and doing garden gate visits through the Cambridge United's Community Trust Foundation. Now, I got involved in that aspect of things as a volunteer, helping them by delivering food parcels to people's houses. So it was nice to go back then at the end with the trophy and say, hey, Terry, remember me? I used to deliver you your food every week on a Tuesday. Yeah, okay, how are you? Would you like a photo of the trophy? Yeah, nice. And kind of, it felt nice to go out in the local community, take a nice portrait of someone stood at their front door at the garden gate with the trophy because it made them feel part of the football club. I think that was important. And I remember also during that period, for me personally, there's a couple of, obviously I used to had to take that trophy home a couple of times, ready to go out to do the next one. So the trophy was in a big black box and it was hidden away. Anyway, and obviously my daughter had just been born and I've got a picture of her in a Cambridge United little mini kit in her cot with the trophy laid next to her to show size comparison. So I can show her later down the line when hopefully she likes football. Um, hey, Violet, look at this. This is when you was born. I think it's quite nice. And like, we, my grandfather was 90 um, at the time. He had dementia, um, but football been his life. And he was always like my hero growing up. He would come and watch me play football. We used to go to Cambridge games together when he could get there with health and took the trophy around to his house and had that picture with him to then look back upon. And now he's passed away. It's nice to look back at those memories of him with my mum, who's also a mad football fan. And it's just a nice thing to do. Do you know what I mean? And I think it's important, like, I go on about it, but it's nice to capture those moments in general, like as a photographer, because like we said earlier, it's documented. And it's something that you can feel later. Yeah, it's something you can feel later. You've captured, you've captured that moment. You've captured time. Time stood still for a click. Like, job done. Like, you can then look back at it, like, in hundreds of times later down in life. And I think that's important as a photographer, that people don't think of it like that enough. It's an art. And I think, like, you need to think about that. And that capturing that special moment, you're capturing it forever. I think this is the brilliant way to end this. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Thank you, thank you, thank you. No worries, this, thanks for inviting me on. This was, this was amazing. I, was, I hope you liked it. Honestly, I was expecting, because, you know, sports photography, yeah, yeah. usually when I met sports photographers, they're very, like, you know, not, they don't enjoy photography as theory and the romantic side of it. Yeah, yeah. But you seem, like, you know, see, you are, yeah, like, yeah. a theorist. Think, you get what I mean? I think it's important you have to enjoy it. Like, the, I've already said, like, the day that I don't enjoy it, like, is the day you give up. But obviously there's time sitting on the side of a football pitch. We get into that time of year again where you are wet through to the skin, even wearing waterproofs. Your gear's soaking wet, even with waterproof covers on. And you're sitting there and you're going, what the hell? Why am I here? Why am I, why am I not in the stands? Like, we played Leighton Orient about a month or two ago in East London. And I'm sitting on the side of the pitch. It's pouring down with rain. We're 2-0 down. We're playing pants. And I'm soaked through to the skin, even wearing waterproofs. And the side of the pitch is like a river just running past me. I killed a pair of trainers because they were soaked completely through. I had to strip off, go and dry under a dryer in the gents' toilets, in the stand after the game, trying to dry my gear out. And I remember standing there shivering cold and going, why? 
but you're still there the next week to do it again because you've got to take the highs with the lows.